0: Suffering Cleveland. Another episode of Dynamite Down the Books. I am Nick, along with my brother, Tony. Tony, what's up?
1: Yo, what's going on, man? How you doing?
0: Oh, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty good episode. Uh, we just uh, finished up here, huh? Yeah, no, I definitely agree.
1: I think it's, uh, I would say, just as good as last week's uh, episode in terms of
0: overall quality and pacing. Right, exactly. Um, another one where there might be some things that weren't perfect, but they did a lot of stuff and did a lot of storytelling. Definitely in in this uh, edition of Dynamite.
1: No, absolutely, I agree, and we'll definitely be, get get to those and address those issues that we probably both agree on. And I'm sure you saw some things that I didn't see, so it'll be good to get into it.
0: Yep. So I we'll start off with the twelve man. We had uh the Dark Order with um so it was Brody Lee. Cole Cabana,
1: uh, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, number five, Alex Angels, or Alan Angels, and number nine, although nine and five swapped out.
0: Okay, because I, I had no idea that I thought it was going to be ten in that match, so nine must be a new member of the Dark Order, I'm assuming. I haven't seen him on, on a Dark, at least I don't think.
1: Yeah, no, I haven't seen him and he was wearing like a, you know, a black dress shirt and black dress pants. So I, you really, he had no gear or anything like that to speak of just the mask.
0: Right. Right. So let's see. Um, I love the tagline as the elites coming out, they totally get along.
1: (laughs) Oh yeah. So
0: good. (laughs) So, uh, Brody Lee and Nick Jackson start off. Um, and the elites on fire early on, uh, Colt, of course, I love the little continuity there as Colt messes with Kenny and Kenny goes after Colt. Yep, no, absolutely. Totally kind of, um, there's a lot of things I noticed this week or at least a decent amount of things I noticed They kind of uh, little subtle things that carry over from being the Elite and uh, Dark that they just kind of threw into this episode. Um, Yeah,
1: I did appreciate that. It's nice to see that they're actually recognizing their kind of expanded universe in the alternate show and bringing it in to Dynamite.
0: And Tony actually acknowledged uh, – Shivani actually acknowledged it too, so that was cool. Yep. Uh Grayson Uno get things under control, take the, um, you know, control of the match from the Elite. Uh, FTR just looks so good with everything they do, just so smooth and crisp. Uh, there was a power slam at one point by Cash that looks so goddamn good. Oh, yeah, that was, was cool. Freaking- yeah, like uh, like Arne Anderson or or Luger even actually. <laughs> oh yeah, Alex Express for sure. <laughs> uh, so so yeah, um, you, you know, and then there was you know, Page was goofing around, kind of doing his thing, kind of you know, kicking ass, but at the same time, just not giving a shit. And I I think this is way better so far than the ten man last week. Yeah, no,
1: yeah. I mean, it's it's way better, and and it being a twelve man match. I mean, like I said, you got you got six people on each side, and to keep the order, to keep the pacing as they did, and it was easy to follow. It can, you know, a lot of people can easily get lost in the shuffle in a twelve man match, but I thought it was really good. I thought it was nice to see Dark Order take some offense, being shown to be powerful, especially against the elite and FTR. You know, people that they're positioning as their top stars in the company. So it's interesting to see the Dark Order. Takeover um, seems like a theme that We're seeing all throughout the night tonight As an overarching theme but uh, I, I did like it um, I loved It I thought this was a really really good match um, And I thought the MVP for this match For me was Hangman Adam Page He you know it, it, it'll kind of a lull In the match kind of comes out of nowhere Just runs out or, and, and is just Inserts himself into the match and just starts kicking Everybody's ass and really kind of Rallied me back in, into the match And uh, you know every, everything was pretty good I think they even did a picture in picture um, this match that wasn't even too bad either So yeah All in yeah, all it was, it was really, like,
0: cool, really cool Dax got hurt so him and Paige Actually take cash back And they're wondering what happened with Paige And Dark Order kind of runs roughshod But then like you said Paige comes back and just Annihilates everyone and I thought that was really Impressive too
1: Oh yeah, I mean he hits a moonsault off the top rope to the outside, and then Brody and Page square off in like a fantastic ball on brawl. They're just trading, you know, uh, hits left and right. Uh, And then Grayson he comes out of nowhere with that four fifty splash on Page, and then you know I thought I mean Dark Order was gonna win at this point, but then Page ends up kicking out again, just you know rocking it, being the MVP for that team.
0: There was a moment though when uh, before Page come out. Where they had the you know, the dark order had the numbers game, and at one point they had Matt down like I think five to one, right? And I was like, yep. oh, not even Matt can overpower this group. Sure nope. enough, no, Matt took them all down. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> the monster that Matt is. <laughs> Just startling well, <laughs>
1: Oh, I love how they just gave super kick parties to everybody. And at one point they were just, I mean, I think Nick was running around. Nick Jackson was running around like a madman, just jumping off of whatever he could onto whoever he can just to just mess everyone up. It was great.
0: Yeah. He's crazy. And there was a, there wasn't two, there was, I think three dives kind of like your stand around dives. One of them was really good where it didn't even matter. Two of them were like, eh, but still, it was <laughs> it was only three this match, and that actually is a lot less. Like that's actually good.
1: Yeah, that's um, restraint.
0: <laughs> um. So then, yeah, it comes back to your know, Page and Brody. Um, Page goes for the buckshot, I think, but then Brody turns it around with the discus clothesline, and Bro- Brody gets the pin on Page.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I was, I was shocked. And again, just to that, you know, that earlier hunch of, you know, the dark order just being strong and them just constantly building up the dark order. It was really nice to see Brody go over and I, I didn't expect him to win. I it was unexpected in the best way.
0: Yeah. And Brody needed that. He needed a bit, especially being Paige who's a top young contender Brody's taken a couple of losses and haven't really had a big win. This was a really good uh, win for him to get. And, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't really hurt Paige that much, but Dark Order kind of starting off like a joke. We're getting more and more serious as we go on.
1: Yeah. And, and, and absolutely. And I'm glad that they're starting to treat them more seriously because they're doing such good work on being the elite, but not many people watch it. It's a sideshow. It's on YouTube, doesn't get a lot of attention. So I'm glad that they're now finally starting to build him so that he can start to become the monster that we've seen glimpses of on these other
0: shows. I agree. Cause people want to talk, like, you know, kind of pick on him. He's been amazing with this developing this rage just angry rage some of it might be a little silly but his character work is actually really coming along and this was a guy we didn't hear even talk for that eight you know seven eight years he was in wwe so i really think brody's doing some really good stuff here and it just gets better and better
1: no i I agree and i think the dark order in general as a group has gotten better over the past you know four or five months i mean when they first debuted back in october everybody including myself was just kind of like who the hell are these guys why the hell should we care but now after six months of seeing them kind of evolve and kind of troubleshoot their way out of the hole that they were in it's really nice to see what they have going and, and i can't wait to see what comes in the future for them
0: so earlier today in the in the day uh we see trent's moms or well <laughs> trent and chucky showing up in in uh, sue's minivan and oh, yeah, so- Very that kind of had a very odd Nitro kind of feel to it showing the earlier Footage of someone showing up in the day Um, Oh for sure (laughs) We get a really good Moxley promo Him saying basically you know He knows what Darby was going through Darby's mind he's been there before He identifies with Darby and that's why It really bothers him because he knows He's basically going to have to kill Darby tonight And he's you know warning Just telling Darby just to go down when he Go down don't don't make me do anything that I don't want to do. Uh, just really good stuff. At least I thought so. I, uh, You know, Moxie can kind of get a little cliche, and I thought he was going to it first. But then when he got specific with uh, Darby stuff, I, actually, I, I liked it.
1: Yeah, you know, I, I liked it too. The only thing I don't like is, you know, calling back from what we discussed last week, you know, how they just kind of randomly dropped in the Darby Allen stuff and how he just kind of – I wish there was a little bit more of a build, but – but once we get to the actual match later, there's a reason for why it was rushed. I think I have a theory on that, so I'll, I'll discuss it later. But yeah, I agree with you. Overall, it was a good, serviceable promo. I, for me personally, I wouldn't say it was anything, um, you know, crazy good out of Moxley. I've seen him maybe do better things, at, you know, at certain pay per views. But for an episode of Dynamite, it definitely did exactly what it needed to do. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll bring up what I'm thinking later on though. For their it was match.
0: dumb that they were even going. Yeah, I mean. <clears throat> That Darby was even getting a shot. <clears throat> Darby's had too many big shots again. Like, it doesn't do him any favors to keep doing the like coming up short thing over and over and over again. But uh, and you know, if Taz is just sick of the whole thing, up at <laughs> it's really bothering him. Him and Tony, I, I just want to say also tonight, we were talking about this earlier about Dark. They kind of did this thing, like, where Taz was kind of like him and Excalibur built this. Back and forth where they both kind of like just bust each other's balls. And then on Dark, it was Taz and Tony, and Tony wasn't going along with it. And now it kind of turned into like a little bit of an animosity there as, you know, like they were kind of really going at each other. And, I mean, obviously Taz been doing the heel thing now, um, but it was actually good. I like that Tony just doesn't take any shit.
1: Oh, no, I love it, yeah. I mean, he's battling back, and then JR's even, you know, dishing a couple of things out here, and they're kind of moderating between the two sides. It's kind of funny, but it brings a really good dynamic to the commentary team that I really enjoy. I mean, dude, we, Tony Schiavone, you have Jim Ross, you have Taz. I mean, three of some of the best announcers ever. I mean, Jim it's Ross. team. Yeah, I mean, it, yeah, literally. I mean, you, you if you say one, two, and three of people who are still alive, it's going to be those three men
0: who says the N-word can't bring about good things?
1: Oh, man. So, oh, I'm Oh, dude, I, I looked up the videos. It's bad. It is multiple times. It is throughout, like, uh you know, throughout a year or whatever. And it's just – Kevin Owens doesn't even look good in it anymore.
0: Yeah, it's I mean, they not- got – Excalibur is going to be buried under a rock for a while. They're just going to hide him. I, I think we're going to have some – eventually a new announcer show up a uh, named Mark. Of a a, a slightly Hispanic-looking man (laughs) who sounds very familiar, possibly in a couple, they still even have to wait a like a year, maybe to even try that. So, (laughs) but you know, it's so crazy, like with this tag team revision. So we just got in that first match, like four legitimate AEW tag teams, and I think you could even maybe consider Brody and Colt kind of a part-time tag team too. Um, Yep. And they still got two, at least two good tag teams left over for the next match. Santana and Ortiz were his best friends. No Orange Cassidy. He's getting ready for his, uh, his debate later on.
1: Yeah, I thought this was a really good match. I thought,
0: you know, Proud and Powerful had a really good
1: start to their match. Um, I thought it was really a, a nicely paced tag team match. I, I, I thought this was definitely a good match. I didn't like it quite as much as the 12-person uh, tag team. But, of course, you know, obviously you know, it's 12-person 12, 12 person tag team of madness versus just a normal tag team match. But it was a good way to kind of slow things down uh, and kind of just progress the show along. Um, I, I thought that Santana Ortiz toward the end of the match, and even through most of it, were kind of controlling and dominating but then chuck taylor battles back uh to get the pin on santana and yeah chuck does the uh, falcon arrow almost gets a pin on ortiz and then trent gets the quick pin on ortiz and wins the match so i i didn't expect best friends to win but i'm glad that they did because it, it, they've been building them in past weeks for promos and i'm glad they're following up on it well, now
0: i agree to a point but i also think with santana ortiz first they built that injury to where i could have believed the way they sold that, you know, here uh, Trent sold that, that his yep. friend was hurt. So I could have believed that, you know, they would have won and may, the best friends wouldn't looked that bad. I think Santana Ortiz desperately need a win. But yeah. uh, we'll skip ahead, though, to what we see a little bit later um, mm. when they, they trash. Uh, Trent's mom's car, Sue's, poor Sue's car, gets the wrath by Santana Ortiz as they destroy it. They write her name on it and X her name. <laughs> just pure viciousness. And I like this because it's uh, an example. And there's two examples here tonight with what we were talking about that we wanted to see for a long time here in AW, And that is feuds that don't necessarily chase the title, that are just because of two teams or two people, wherever don't like each other and want to kick each other's ass. And we, you have an extended feud that just gets more and more violent and angrier. And I think we might have the beginnings of this.
1: And I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up because yes. And why do we want feuds that don't necessarily end in a title ring? Because when those teams eventually do, challenge for the title it'll be more special and we'll be more invested in them and this is the type of character building and um the type of direction i want to see aew going and building out the other people on their roster building out the greater universe or their greater you know uh, storylines that are going on and you know building those characters so that you know when they come through you know what exactly what to expect now
0: right so like, say they have a big long feud okay and one of them and to your point one of them wins the title well, not only did they have that, but coming back around when they were defending the title, they got this team popping back up, to, and they can renew it all over again, you know? So it's, yep. it's just, yeah, it's smart, great stuff. I, um, The match was just a good, solid match. I agree with you. Yeah, I thought Chuck looked really good in this match. I think Chuck looks better every week. Trent always looks great, but I think Chuck is really starting to hold his hand more and more every week.
1: Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, he, I mean, he had a couple of big spots and a couple of, and I think he, he even had a, like a really hot tag too throughout the match. So yeah, I mean, they made Chuck look really, really good.
0: Yeah, he came in like fire off that hot tag. Oh yeah, yeah, uh, impressive. Uh, then after that, we so we have a short, a little disappointing the way they built it up, but uh, after last week, it's okay. MJF with his little segment. Uh, He's leading in the polls 100% Moxie's minus 88%.
1: Yep, very good.
0: Poor Lee Johnson, the captain, <laughs> found a new job, I guess. I think he should have stayed on Dark, but hey, you got to you know t- take whatever opportunities you can get. Uh, yeah, I mean I,
1: I've never seen a volunteer get so browbeaten before, but that was fantastic. But I agree with you. I thought the hyping of this Kind of, I mean, it it was kind of overhyped, in my opinion. It was very short, maybe a minute or two long, if that. I mean, it wasn't that much. I wanted more MJF, so it was good for what we got, but I agree. I wanted a hell of a lot more, but, you know, it was nice to see him just browbeat his entire campaign staff.
0: And I agree, they couldn't, like, with the debate, you don't want two big, long things. So, like, maybe they just should have done it next week, but hey, at least... As long as they keep it going, and maybe this was just a little, you know, just something to tide us over, it was good enough. And it was funny enough. It had a almost like a John Ralphio, uh, Tom Haverford kind of a feel to it, almost.
1: Oh, yeah, completely. No, it, it was good. And hey, any MJF is always fantastic. So, hey, the more, anytime you have them, I'm happy, even if it's in small doses.
0: He puts his cards on the table and says, you know, he's like, oh, yeah, that would really suck to have a 125-pound emo kid to defend the title against me. Like, kind of you know, foreshadowing for later on in the evening. Uh, then after that, we get um, Matt Hardy comes out and puts over a private party and kind of brings people up to speed on what he's been saying on the Internet, you know, kind of a little disappointed about the way things have been, kind of just wants to be a real Matt Hardy and help people out behind the scenes. And then, of course... You know he wants to help Sammy out too because he's been he was trying to help Sammy out is what he says. Last I recalled, he was trying to run Sammy over more often than not. I don't know what kind of help that is to that psychopath.
1: But. Well, hey, hey, hey! This is a new day. It is Matthew Hardy now. We get the introduction to this new persona that he teased on his YouTube channel now. So this is a uh, Matthew Hardy may be turning over a new leaf. We don't know
0: as he rips on Sammy for last time coming out from under the ring. Or one of the first times he attacked him, Sammy comes out from under the ring again. Hardy is not surprised at all, though. He knows he turned around right away and knows Sammy's not going to do it. Um, And then, oh, fucking hell breaks loose.
1: Yeah, complete just anarchy
0: outside.
1: I mean, really nice fighting outside the ring. Hardy brings out a table and, you know, it just continues on from there.
0: Um, We even see some blood. Yeah, it's, it's a lot of blood. He's looking like Triple H, Ric Flair, blood right there. Um, Sammy look Vicious looked mean, looked like a little bastard. He's one of my favorites in this company, no doubt. I one of my favorite wrestlers there is right now. I, you can call him Eddie Jericho. He's so he has the attitude of Jericho, but that just the style of Eddie and the charm of Eddie. You know, like on top of that's like the snooty bratty immature asshole Jericho attitude that he mixed with that, like charming, sneaky, mean Eddie Guerrero thing. It's really goddamn good. And maybe that's plus putting on him, but that's not a bad thing at all.
1: His face is so punchable in such a good way. And he just, he gets the right kind of heat. I want
0: to hate him. I am engaged
1: to hate him and it is fun.
0: I, and I'm I, glad I to I was talking to actually, uh, 92.3 is Tim, the grant and, um, today and we I was trying to he was talking about like who else do you want to punch as much as MJF and I was trying to think I'm gonna like, get there is somebody I'm like oh yeah Sammy now <laughs> that's that was the answer I was looking for earlier um and, and once again another non-title feud a feud that is rival because two guys want to beat the shit out of each other.
1: No absolutely and I think the first time I've ever seen a, a 720 flip which is pretty crazy that yeah, what was uh, it like a Sammy... 720
0: plancha almost um, it was
1: weird. It was good though. I liked it.
0: <laughs> it was crazy. Um, yeah. I mean, Sammy's amazing. Uh, yeah, that's that was the, the spot that put uh, Hardy through the table. Um, I don't know if Hardy maybe uh, bladed. I uh, kind of fucked up the blade job a little bit. Went a little too heavy with that. But it was it was pretty crazy. And then yeah, after a- that, we get. Why well, we already talked about the Santana Ortiz thing? Uh, that was right after that. Yep, which is
1: good, which is good, though, because at this point now, even though they've lost, now you start to see them become vicious. Originally, I think. Maybe about four months ago when they originally debuted them as Proud and Powerful, Santana and Ortiz, they ended up, they were you know, off the streets, really grizzled, really dark. And then somewhere between you know, the pandemic, they just got zany and crazy and goofy. And now I like that they're starting to kind of bring them back, pull them back a little bit and get them to be more serious and more of a menacing force in the, in the inner circle.
0: I want the group that helped Conan kill Eddie Kingston on uh, Impact a couple of years ago. I don't know how Eddie survived. I really give him credit. (laughs) It was pretty bad. But yeah, exactly. This is good. And this whole group, these segments here, kind of just inner circle being assholes and being mean motherfuckers and violent motherfuckers. And I think the the inner circle desperately needs that. Oh, absolutely. it gets a little undone later on by certain other members of the inner circle, but we'll get to that. <laughs> <Man>. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, let's see. And then we have, um, all right. So then more dark order. We got Silver and Reynolds versus uh, Matt Cardona making his debut and Cody.
1: Yeah, I like this match, but I will say this is probably one of my more least favorites only because I wish for Matt Cardona's debut, I wish he would have gone the singles route and would have shown kind of, you know, kind of his display. And also I wish I would have heard him talk a little bit, but, you know, otherwise it was a serviceable match. But for me, I think it was one of my least favorite of the night, even though everyone wrestled really well. I just didn't think it was needed, you know, to debut uh, Cardona.
0: I agree with you. I don't know if that was the best way. It it was an okay match. There's nothing wrong with it. I actually found Silver and uh, Reynolds to be more entertaining in this match. I really, they kind of, man, there's almost like a Rougeau Brothers kind of style to them almost.
1: And you know, they were this for me, they were the standout of the match. Again, nicely, nice to see the dark order getting more powerful and actually starting to creep in everywhere now. It's getting kind of creepy and weird in a good way, and in the way that they're intending it for the storyline. So yeah, I'm all I'm all for it.
0: I uh dream at one point we got Silver and Cody matching up. To me, that's a dream match. I like to see that main event. I love John Silver. If you watch if you watch Dark, you know why John Silver's awesome. And they haven't really shown his personality on Dynamite yet. But, God damn, I love the shit with him and Brody Lee.
1: Oh, yeah, absolutely. And and on a weird side note, I found it hilarious that JR had decided to mention and call out that Cardona is an action figure expert. I don't know (laughs) if that helps. I don't know if that helps this case or not, or if it just completely negates the pyro that he came out to. But yeah, I thought that that cracked me up. I laughed out loud for that
0: one. Yeah, it's funny. Well, hey, a lot of people know him more from that. uh, And, you know, Tony was just just did the show today. So. Kind of time. I, <laughs> I was
1: literally going to bring it up to see if you you saw that interview with Tony Khan. Yeah, it was literally
0: action figures the first hour of it. Not only did I I watch it, but I stopped at Walmart after work because I was going to buy us each a Jericho figure. Uh, they didn't have yeah. them on. they weren't on the shelves at the, the my, my Walmart. So, oh man, that would have been fantastic. I know. Well, I'm still, I'm still going to look out for them. Uh, I'm going to try the one in Macedonia. They might not even if they shipped out today, maybe they won't be on shelves for, I don't know how that works. You can't call them to see what's in stock. So I'm just going to kind of stop by Walmart. over the next couple of days and kind of see what I see, so I wouldn't mind picking up some Les uh, les champion figures.
1: Yeah. I'd give it a couple of days. I think I read this somewhere that they had gotten delayed in Walmart or like a day or two or something like that. So maybe in a few more days. And
0: then, uh, so let's see what happens. Um, Cardona's calling his move the uh, radio silence. He hits it, yep. and it's over. Then at the end of the match, while Cody's going back into the um, the dressing room, Scorp stops him.
1: And guy oh, yeah. uh, was great. I did not expect this at all. It took me by surprise.
0: Did you see his segment on Dark yesterday? Oh uh, yes, I did. I can barely remember it though. <laughs> he came out with a chair, and he's just basically like, "I'm done with this oh, shit."
1: Yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, it was like a weird, like fourth wall breaking, super serious promo. Yeah, no, I, I,
0: I, I pretty god they start pushing him as a singles guy. Another thing teased on dark, taking the next level to uh, Dy- introduced on dynamite, good stuff right there. Um, yep. then we got Chuck and and Trent get their promo. You know they're pissed off. Um. And, and we're gonna get if they it. lose, the inner circle has to call Subaretta and apologize.
1: Via speakerphone.
0: <laughs> and they should have Dasha forcing them if they do. Like, they should try not to do it. And then have Dasha grab them by the ears and drag them back. Or stand with her
1: shoe ready to beat them over the head with. So Because that's all. It's always a good thing. So
0: then next, uh, we have the big moment. Um, the big debate. But also, obviously... A pretty historic moment and really a, a milestone in wrestling for if you were a fan of WCW back in the day. Um, we'll get to that in a second, though. So, Sammy starts off, once again, just being a little bad with his signs. Of course, talking about Jericho's a master and everything. So, this is the first master sign. Like, okay, well, we know where this is going. Good old stupid Jericho humor right here. And, of course, you know. He's a master debater. <laughs> a well,
1: I, I, I thought this was the best use of picture and picture all night. Now picture and picture, you know, when they, they take half the screen and they show you the match still, and then they take the other half the screen and they show you a commercial of whatever randomness. And I thought this was a really good use of that picture and picture. Sammy always coming out with those signs is always great. And Hey, you don't need to hear him talk and you can easily see what's going on. He could cut promos just by showing you the different signs that he draws up. So I thought this was spectacular. And he sells it so with the body
0: language, too. <laughs> oh. I want to jump through the TV screen and choke the shit out of him. <laughs> the graphic they play is awesome. Uh, they A shitload of pyro for a debate. It,
1: it was like ABC, ABC's debates, but on freaking steroids with pyro. It was awesome. <laughs> Uh, so uh, I want I want to see that come November.
0: Exactly. Well, we might. <laughs> <laughs> Biden would have a heart attack and die. We're gonna. So so, and then the big the big reveal the mystery guest uh, special guest of the night Eric Bischoff makes his return to WCW or to, I'm not WCW but TNT the ch- the station that carried his old show WCW for the first time in so we're looking at. I th- 21 years Because I don't know if he showed up in 2001 at all well, About 20 years whatever but Still pretty amazing Um, I was happy to see Eric actually on TNT
1: Dude easy EZE Back on TNT again Holy shit man like oh, It's insane I think the last time that happened So 20 years ago for all the People listening out there I was 12 20 years ago So yeah I haven't seen him since I was a child This was great yes. brought back a lot of
0: it was. I mean, so it was going. He looked kind of like Jack Tunney, and I think he acted like Jack Tunney in a lot of ways. <laughs> he had like a Jack Tunney with glasses vibe on Bischoff
1: <laughs> As long as he doesn't look like Jerry Jarrett or act like Jim Hurt, I'm okay.
0: Right. And those of you youngsters that don't know my reference, Jack Tunney was the president of WWE or WWF back in the day before when it was still Vince McMahon was still pretending like he was just an announcer. So, uh
1: yep and jim heard jim heard's one of the worst uh, ceos of wcw ever back in the day and jerry Jarrett is just a funny looking motherfucker
0: yeah and he kind of they all have the gray the silver hair just like bishop did <laughs> um, yeah
1: i just bishop's gonna eventually just devolve into the mullet and then it's fucking over
0: it, nice uh, jericho had his nice suit on earlier in the day he had like a stained t-shirt and was like a big bag of carry out a diet coke with a. Uh, they interviewed Santana Ortiz on the pre-show with him. <laughs> uh, of course, Orange Cassidy, dressed up too, he pulls out his clip-on tie.
1: That was great. After Jericho starts to admonish him for just not taking this seriously, what does he do? Cliffs on his tie to his T-shirt.
0: Awesome. A lot of people, now. I don't know, maybe people will think this is just dumb and a waste of time. Um, and there were some, I mean, I actually thought it was really smooth, went really well, and was really funny. And if you look at all like the dialogue that Jericho put into it, it was really good. And I know there's probably people are going to pick this apart, but I thought, like, okay, if you don't like Jericho and Orange Cassidy, then okay. But they're in it. It's going to happen. So at least they're building this. And I think it came off a lot better after this. Um, I looked some of the lines. Let's see. He's uh, a ginger jackass that plays pocket pool.
1: Yep, I had that one down. That was great. I had to write that one down. I'm gonna I'm going to
0: use that. He Jericho acknowledges that he would bully Orange Cassidy in high school, throw him in lockers, steal his girlfriend, all that kind of stuff.
1: Well, and mind you too, the the, the, the setup for this and the whole format of this debate is they're going to be asked five questions, and then you they have each have a chance to respond to the questions. And of course, Cassidy doesn't respond that often. But when he does, he does make a count.
0: Well, the first two, and Jericho just basically cuts his promos and Jericho Cassidy didn't say anything. Then they get to the third question, which is about our ocean uh, glo- uh, sea levels. Glo- yeah, global warming and
1: sea levels rising. I, and I started getting a very uh Billy Madison kind of vibe to this. But then Actually, a, I started I started getting a Miss America vibe about that this.
0: too. <laughs> but then of course Cassidy comes out and gives a very nice dissertation about uh, sea levels and the importance of uh, ecology and all that kind of stuff. And uh, it was a pretty funny moment.
1: I love how he gives a shit about global warming. That is awesome. That I am. Uh, that's funny.
0: <laughs> he cares about the planet. Jericho suit at one point, rose in value to $10,000.
1: Yeah, it's it's. I think each week it 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 accrues, uh, it appreciates in value each week as it ages, as the orange juice ages on the uh, on the blazer.
0: Then obviously Jericho becomes more and more unhinged as these questions go on, and it starts going more to Cassidy's camp because Jericho can't handle himself. And uh, let's see what. uh, It's so stupid that it's just great. Like everything Jericho does, that it's just so stupid. It's great. It's very WWE, I would say. That's probably why people are going to complain if they do. It is very WWE in style, but I thought the presentation of it was something WWE never does, is get it right.
1: Oh, and I I thought they sold this perfectly, and having Justin Roberts be the announcer, like it felt like a debate. It was well-produced, it felt good, it felt genuine, and it didn't feel like a... Like, they are just phoning it in. It felt like they actually put a little bit of effort toward it, which was nice. Even though it was complete ridiculousness.
0: Bischoff gets swayed. Bischoff was great in this segment. I really liked it a lot. Um, Or him a lot in it. He eventually gets swayed by Orange Cassidy and declares Orange Cassidy the winner. Which Jericho loses his shit, of course, turns on Bischoff right away and says, you know, he's hated him for 22 22 years and bischoff retorts by saying it was it's been 24 and you made it perfectly clear over the year. <laughs> just like i love the whole yeah you're a broken record kind of
1: <laughs> like oh that that was great this, in I, in I the case eric...
0: this is real life between the two of
1: <laughs> yes ladies and gentlemen eric bischoff and chris jericho do not like each other and have not for a long time
0: yeah well, I think things are – I mean, I, I think things are better now or they wouldn't be doing this segment together. But, uh, you know, but it is funny. I mean, Jericho say what he wants, but one person made a fucking – uh made a decision on him and offered him a very good sum of money and a very good job, you know, and, and started his career. So I think, you know, you've always kind of got that. As Bischoff, th- despite what he did, he saw something in Jericho and really overpaid him his first contract. Yep. Uh, let's I, see, where are we yeah. at? So, let's see,
1: yeah. there. Uh, we got the big swole match versus, uh, the mystery partner.
0: Oh, yeah, so, okay, we got Brad out there with, so is that Will Hobbs out there with him?
1: Yeah, yeah, so that's, okay. that, 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 that big dude, that's Will Hobbs, that he, he's the guy to keep your eye on, because eventually when they debut him, he's going to be a monster.
0: Yeah, he looked good on Target. Well, he kind of got squashed, I think, but he still looked all right on Target. Uh, yep. Dark. So yeah, of course it's gonna be Reba. We I knew we knew this going last week that it was gonna be Reba. It's always gonna be that the psychic that's gonna be the sacrificial lamb. Um,
1: yeah, no, I, I thought it was good. I thought she was nice, bumbly, really clumsy, um, you know, sold it really well. She wrestled um, with like Joel thought- Gertner literally yeah straight up like joel yeah i agree 100 percent. but yeah i thought overall the match was good but i feel like this was even
0: shorter than the women's match last week well the women didn't get much this week at all i agree um it was a quick squash i mean i think thankfully yeah. because i don't think reba is all that i think she's a good comedy character but i don't know how good in the ring she is uh, she didn't look all that great and they just needed to make swall look big and tough and you know a threat for <laughs>
1: Yeah, and, and, I, and that's why I gave it a good and rather than like an okay or anything else, just because it, it does progress the storyline and it is yet another chapter in that story that I'm very interested in. And that's super interesting. And I can't wait for it to blow off at a pay-per-view or something in the future.
0: And normally that match would be longer. And like a lot of people complain, like, you know, and Rebo would get more offense, but that's not right. They, they did the right thing here by just having a swole crusher. You need sometimes you need that you can't. That's the problems. Like some things that should be squashes don't they go a little, they're a little too competitive. No, I agree. Um, and then we get a uh, for so we get a preview for next week uh, Cody versus what, who was that? Um, Scorpio Sky for the TNT title. Uh, yep. you know, obviously, the Jericho orange casting match is going to happen, and it is also tag team appreciation night. We're going to rock and roll Express and the Brain Busters, Tully and Arn. Obviously, they're there every week. Um, and then uh, it's going to be Cody and Hangman versus, or not Cody, and I, I'm sorry, Kenny and Hangman versus Jurassic Express and the Bucks versus Dark Order.
1: Yeah, that should be good. I'm looking forward to the Bucks and Dark Order again and the uh, Lucha Express tag team as well.
0: So we get our main event Darby and Mox. Oh, yeah. Darby here so Darby comes in with the mox to cut out mass uh they show a shot though of him a close up on his face and he's got his like eye blacked out underneath it and just the one eye hole it kind of almost reminded me of a pillowcase Jason Voorhees from Friday from Friday too
1: oh yeah no farmer Jason for sure yeah Yeah. completely I thought it was kind of a
0: cool visual um I Taz is just losing his shit. He's pissing Tony off. He's just being a total dick in this whole match. Um, he's obviously just taken aback by how badly Ricky Starks was treated and what would happen to Ricky Starks last week, which was a travesty.
1: Yeah, he was one of the best parts of this match, was Taz on commentary. I Like I said, I, I'm never going to get tired of him on commentary.
0: This match, you know, it's nothing... I Listen, I mean, did we need this match? I don't. I don't think so. I don't understand what point this match really did. But it was, it was fun. It was for what it was. It was head action. At one point, I thought Darby was going to get that pin on Moxley when he uh, hit the coffin drop on him. Um, yep, I did too. Let's see. There was a really good bump off the stage into the ring post by Darby. Just brutal spills. Every time they went outside the ring, it was like with the grace of Sabu. <laughs> so yeah, I mean,
1: Moxley Ma- got busted wide open pretty early in the match. But then by the end of the match, by the time Darby you, you know, went for that coffee drop attempt, you know, he had already had just a crimson mask, just a red face of blood again. So that was cool. And, hey, this was a night we had a, a Rhodes wrestling and a Rhodes did not bleed.
0: I know. It's probably crazy. they had two guys bled and it wasn't a Rhodes. <laughs> yep. Um, there was a really nice plancha suicida. Well, oh, what oh, was was it? or oh, yeah, it was like a it was a weird like s- s- plancha suicida kind of thing that uh, what you call it did outside of the ring. It looked really goddamn good. Like he looked like a bullet coming out of the ring at Moxley. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, he
1: was just tossed around like a lawn dart for most of this match. I mean, it was, it was, it was something to see. I mean, it made Moxley look like a beast, and it definitely made you feel sympathetic toward Darby.
0: You had uh, MJF and well, Wardlow comes out first, started, and then now, of course MJF comes running out with the belt. It's Moxley, which called Darby managed to hit a coffin drop, and that was the Todd the near fall I was talking about. I really thought, man, it was so close. That's one of the best near falls. I've seen her a while. That was really good. Uh, yeah, Moxley just bleed juicing, um, and then the finish. Co- Darby goes again for the coffin drop, but Moxley's able to grab him into the rear naked choke. That's pretty much it. Uh, Darby for a second goes for Moxley's eyes. Mar- Moxley makes a change, an adjustment, hits him with a pile driver, and hits him with a paradigm shift. One, two, three. Yeah.
1: I thought it was great. I even had it written down. And just when you think it's over, Darby kicks out. And then, you know, of course, Mark Moxley follows up with his signature move and then ends it and, and gets the win. But, yeah, no, I, I I thought it was good. Um, but, honestly, I feel like the only point of this match was so that MJM, MJF could interrupt it, which I'm fine with, because MJF versus Moxley, I can't wait for that match.
0: That's going to be awesome. I agree, and it kind of goes back to, like, really attitude era where they would every week leading up to a pay-per-view, they'd have something going on with those characters so that you would have at least every week would have some contribution to the overall pre-match role before the pay-per-view match, you know? So there'd be some elevation every week. And that's definitely a very Vince Russo kind of early. It's not a Vince Russo thing, but it's something that Vince Russo at times, I think took a lot of, I don't know if he always did it right, but he took a lot of care Oh, yeah, that.
1: absolutely. And based on my theory earlier, and I said earlier, you know, okay, I'll let the, the, the Moxley promo go because I think I know what they're trying to do. And honestly, I feel like the whole Darby Allen Moxley thing, as rushed and as quick as it was, was just a way to build a match so that it, you can make MJF kind of look more imposing on Moxley and have MJF kind of you know mess around with Moxley during this match.
0: I I totally agree. This was just this was just another cog in the a little small segment in the into the MGF Moxley title reign. So I I think now it kind of explained by the announcers. It seems like they're making it like as long as you're in the top five, you can challenge for the title. Now, now this is completely inconsistent, but this is kind of what I at least Tony was kind of saying. This just stick with something though.
1: Yeah, that's what that's my thing to Yeah, I think if you it's nice that you want to have analytics, you want to have data and numbers for wrestling, making it feel more like a sports thing. But if you don't follow it, people are going to notice. So yeah, I think it's a good way to kind of back off on it, make it a little bit more vague. Say, hey, if you're within the top 10 or the top five, you have a shot at any time, which is great, too, because you never know who could challenge or who's going to switch spots within those five. So yeah, no, I agree with you, but I, I agree they got to stick with something. There has to be consistency. Um, you know, in places though, they're starting to get a little bit more consistent, so it's good. I see that they're trying to, you know, change different things with the uh, format of the show and the production each week. So, although I thought this week was just as good as last week, that's not saying anything bad because this was a solid show all the way through.
0: It's not a banger. The week before last week was a banger. But, uh, you know, you can't always have it. Yeah. It's going to ebb and flow. I mean, some episodes... You even need a bad episode every once in a while, to be honest with you. Uh,
1: true, true. Absolutely. And I think this show built up more kind of storylines, did more kind of building, and, and wasn't too flashy. So, yeah, I, I, it wasn't probably as flashy as last week
0: was. At least there were no underground fight clubs with dancing girls. Oh, God, don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so what did you think of this So Oh no, I don't know. Um, I like the show. It wasn't the greatest, but you know, it was pretty good. Pretty much yeah, no, the same, I, right?
1: I like. I liked it. I think my least favorite was that tag team with uh, Matt Cardona. Um, and you know, the women's stuff was great. I just thought that was a little bit too short. Uh, and yeah, one of my favorite matches was that twelve-man tag team. Uh, I, I like to see the Dark Order get some more power because I think if they play their cards right, the Dark Order could be one one sick
0: faction. So. I, I totally agree. As long as they can figure out how to send emails, nothing can stop them. Um, dude,
1: I'm, I'm still waiting. It's been almost a freaking year. This is bullshit, man. I want to smack him over the head myself.
0: Uno has, has to get his shit together. Man. <laughs> not a good yeah, delegate. dude. I think it's Silver and Reynolds' job now, but they're not. I mean, you can't trust them. They, they can't even pour Kool-Aid, right? No, not even. <laughs> All right, Tone. We're going to wrap it up for tonight. I hope everyone has a great night. We will see you next Wednesday with our next Dynamite review for my brother Tony. Oh yeah, (laughs) dynamite. It's tougher in Cleveland. Good night.
1: Later.